All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Real Live Talk. Really, really appreciate you guys for just taking a moment and checking out this episode, this conversation. I really, really pray that the contents of this episode blesses you, challenges you, makes you think, adds some kind of value to your life. That'd be amazing. And if it does, if you would consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, if you're maybe listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, or if you're checking this out, on uh, either the live stream or checking out the rebroadcast on Facebook or whatever. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash real live talk podcast. It's a brand new Facebook page and it's helping me to kind of, what's a good way to say it? It's just becoming a centralized place that's helping me to, I think, hopefully <laughs> provide you with more meaningful and worthwhile content. So maybe like the Facebook page and that way you'll get notified of all the future live events and all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, please uh, join me in welcoming back to the podcast for the second time, my good friend, Karen Pennington. Karen is a gifted author, teacher, and podcast host. Uh, she has an, a, a book that we talked about the last time that she was on the show called An Anointed Mess, which is a down-to-earth and practical approach to empowering you to manage life's ups and downs with joy, faith, and integrity. She has a podcast called Daily Adventures in Grace that's available on Spotify and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So check out Daily Adventures in Grace as well. A really, really good resource to just uh, kind of help you with uh, really nice, simple nuggets of truth that will help you to grow in your walk with the Lord. She's got a new book, which is going to be, I think, a primary focus, um, if not the primary focus of today's podcast, uh, 10 Healing Truths from God's Word. So I'm going to, if I can do this right, bring Karen up. Hey, Karen, hey, can you still hear me? Good to see you again. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> so good to have you back. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I am doing so well, so blessed, so tired. I just took a very long walk, but it's like a happy tired. So, mm -hmm. so. Um, where, where, where are you located again? I can't remember. I live in a very kind of small town called Jamestown, New York, and southwestern New York State. So it's not the New York that you think about if you're not from around here, but it's southwestern right, yeah. snow belt, <laughs> small, cold, blessed. Yeah. Cheap produce. Yeah. So I like that. So. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Well, it's really good to see you. Um, how's, uh, how's everything going with, uh, the podcast? It, it's fun. I like it. So I have to say, I had to, I had to taper it down for a while. I, um, put a lot of pressure on myself. I wanted to do it every single day. Cause it was like daily adventures in grace. So then I kind of, God right. released me from that. I had, a, um, another experience that seemed to be more of a primary, um, uh, divine appointment <laughs> that I had to focus okay. on, um, where a substitute position became a permanent sort of position. And it was, um, it was good. It was blessed. And I couldn't do the podcast every day. So now I, I do it once a week now, um, with the understanding that hopefully people have grace with me and I do still have a daily adventure of grace. I just only talk mm -hmm. about it once a week. So. Yeah. <laughs> Do you kind of, well, yeah, I noticed that they weren't coming out as frequently as they used to. Yeah. So yeah, but the, the, the adventures in grace are still daily, but uh, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was listening to one uh, that you did recently where you talked about, you were talking about God's grace. You the it, It's in the title. I don't remember the exact title, but I remember perverted grace yeah. being in the title and it really yeah. caught my attention. I was like, I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And you were talking yeah. about the difference between uh, freedom, like true freedom and mm -hmm. entitlement. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know we're going to get into the book in a minute, but I'm, I just, um, I love what you were talking about there. Would you, um, just kind of share like what your, what your heart was when you, when you brought that message out? Freedom sure. Uh, a lot of times I, I'll read something in scripture and then that'll kind of hit on me. And it, this was just reading the book of Jude and that, that word perverted, it was the first couple of, first couple of verses of, mm-hmm. and talk about perverting grace. Yeah. And it just just spoke to me so much because I feel like in this society, we we struggle with that so much. We don't know what grace means. We think grace means, you know, freedom for sin, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. and it's yeah. freedom from sin, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I just I just heard a wonderful sermon. It was on Romans, I believe, 612, where the living new living translation is basically you don't have to do what your body tells you. You don't have to do what the flesh tells you. to. Yeah. That's the Pennington translation. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't have it quoted, but yeah. Um, and that's so freeing because sometimes we think of freedom as I can do anything I want, but really freedom is I don't have to do anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just because I feel like it's just because I feel like doing it at this point, I don't have to do it. I don't have to do something that's bad for me just because my emotions are telling me to. And mm-hmm. that was so freeing. That was so freeing. That's a that might be the next that might be the next podcast. Maybe I'm telling to speaking too much, but that, but just, maybe, just maybe. that idea of per- perverted grace means we're living towards mm. freedom, which means that we don't have to be a slave to our emotions. We don't have mm. to be a slave yes. to, to that. And basically we get to choose our master and you know, God's the best one. And cause God's the only master that's really going to give us that freedom from guilt, yeah. from shame, from legalism um, because legalism and you know, true religion are not the same thing. You know, legalism and faith yeah. are not the same thing. Legalism and grace definitely aren't the same thing. Um, but neither mm. is lawlessness. So that was just really that. I'm not sure if that's what came out. Now, now I can't remember what I said, but <laughs> I remember thinking that before it came out. So I hope I'm hitting on it a little bit. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, and I think there really is perverted grace. Really is slavery because perverted grace takes that. That's when you say you can do whatever you want, but then you become enslaved by the very things that you're trying to master. Um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's addiction, it's pornography, it's um, critical spirit, it's well, sin, you know, anything yeah. that promises to give you what only God can give you and then pulls you down beneath what God's best for you is. So you actually yeah. end up, you think it's freedom, but it's actually bringing you into greater slavery as opposed to true grace, where you say, okay, God, I'm going to surrender and surrendering that you can be free about uh, you. Yeah, I think it was Calvin that said free to be indifferent about indifferent things. Like, I mean, you know, I love you, Duke. I don't care if you eat McDonald's or Burger King or chicken or, you know, not like yeah. you, you don't have to be frustrated about things that really don't matter. Um, but you also don't have to be frustrated like, oh, no, I made a mistake. You try not to, but that's not going to be something that defines you. Um, mm-hmm. But nor do you just yeah. go, I'm going to do whatever I want. So it's, it's just this it's hard to almost it's almost hard to explain unless you feel it. But it's you know, when you're under the right yoke, it's more freeing. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a rich chapter of scripture, Mm -hmm. Romans chapter six, Mm -hmm. and probably one of my favorite portions of scripture from Romans chapter five, all the way through Romans chapter eight. And, you know, paid such a, such an incredible picture. And, And yeah, like right there in Romans chapter six, where it's like, reckon or consider yourselves dead to sin but alive Mm -hmm. to god in christ jesus our lord Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah well i love how paul starts that chapter chapter 6 verse 1 where he's like shall we continue in sin 
that mm. grace may abound because he was mm. talking about at the end right. of chapter five where sin grounded grace abounded much more. And then right. so this question that comes up and this question that gets asked all the time, probably not in that language, shall we consider, you know, continuing sin? But but like like, oh, so if God's grace is really as good as you say it is and, and he really died for everything mm. and he's forgiven me and I have all this mm. amazingness. Like then doesn't that shouldn't that mean that I can just kind of just keep sinning and it's not really going to matter? Like I can mm-hmm. kind of keep doing whatever I want. And Paul's response to that is certainly not certainly like not. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're completely yep. you're completely missing the point, because as you said, and as uh, really, really beautifully stated that it's not freedom. You know, sometimes we look at it. It's like freedom to sin or freedom to keep doing whatever we want. And it's not. It's not that that's not the freedom that Jesus came to give us It's freedom from sin, because we were trafficked under sin when we were when we were sinners before we were saved by grace. Before we before we uh, came to know Jesus, we were sold as slaves under Mm -hmm. sin. Sin is a really bad, disgusting, twisted, perverted entity that we're not we're not subject to anymore. We're not slaves to it anymore. So why would we, Paul's like, why would you even think about considering to continue to subject yourself to that same thing that only brings death? It doesn't bring life. It doesn't mean that when you sin, you should, as you said, it doesn't mean that you should feel condemned and beat yourself up and feel like you're, you're worthless and God's mad at you and upset with you. Like it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your identity. You're still a child of God who's been saved by grace and set free from that. But you're choosing to live under something that is leading you to to death instead of life. It's like, yes. why? Because we're not yeah. we're, we don't have to anymore. Yeah. Like not like, like oh, I can cut off my finger like if I want to. <laughs> oh, OK, I guess you can. But why would you? Yes, so. yes. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Yeah, you're, I'm free. I, I guess can do you're allowed I to do that. Um, I'm not going to recommend it. But yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. sat under. We just had a. Um, my pastor's dad actually is a retired pastor and he did a really great teaching on Romans on the book of Romans, the first half, I guess part two is in the fall, but he um, gave me a book to read called in Christ. I'm sorry. I don't remember who wrote it. I think it's out of print, but those two words, like, like that's pure grace in Christ. And we were talking about how the book of Romans, I thought how, I mean, it'd be hard to find someone more qualified than Paul because he was a true Hebrew, but he was also Mm. a true Roman because he was a Roman citizen. So he could speak to that center of on one side, the permissiveness and on other side, the the legalism, people were trying to stay pure, but they were trying to stay pure by rules and regulations. And, you know, you're saying, I'm not under law, but I'm under grace. I'm not under sin, Mm -hmm. but I'm under grace. And that, that phrase in Christ, I think the book had said, it's mentioned about 150 times in Paul's letters. (laughs) Sometimes it's from Christ. Sometimes it's through Christ, but it's some insert preposition. Christ. And I like mm-hmm. the more I read the book um, and the more I started to read Romans, I'm like, that really is the key, isn't it? That's the centering factor where we have to remain in Christ because we're going, yeah. it's going to be too hard to lean one way or the other. That perverted, Paul didn't call it perverted grace, Jude, Jude did, but um, it, we pervert it one way or the other. We, we turn it into legalism, we turn it or we turn it into permissiveness. And, um, and either way, it's got us. <laughs> But in Christ, yeah, that's the centering factor where we don't have to bow down to either one of those. And um, I was actually struggling with a thought the other day. I was getting fairly critical of someone in my head. And normally I'm okay. No, Karen. No, I mean, I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know it's shocking. I sin like you don't a lot, mean as my husband. I mean, <laughs> um, but I a uh, friend of yours, right? Like this friend of yours was struggling with something. That's it. That a friend mean. of mine who you know is nowhere near as mature as me was struggling with thought, and it was hard for me to get rid of it. And I'm like mm -hmm. crying about it. You know, I'm not physically doing anything, but according to I'm hearing what Jesus says as man think as you know, as someone thinketh in his heart, his heart I, I don't know the translation, but you know how you think in your heart, yeah. so are you. And so I'm going, man, I'm the worst. I can't get rid of this. And then I heard this sermon with this translation. It says, usually it talks about flesh, but basically the New Living Translation basically said something like, you don't have to do it. And it was like, that was so freeing because mm. I read that verse over and over and over again. But something about that translation, it's like, oh, and so I kind of literally said out loud, emotions, you're not the boss of me. And all of a sudden it went away. <laughs> That sounds so weird, but it was like, I was feeling so condemned by that thought, but then it was like the in Christ thing again, like, okay, so I may or may, sometimes we have emotions, sometimes we have thoughts, but we don't have to bow to them because they're not our master. Christ is. Yes. And it, it was so weird. I was struggling with it for a day or two. I'm like, I'm the worst. Why can't I stop thinking these bad, you know, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to kill anybody. It wasn't anything like that, but you know, any bad thought is a bad thought. So but sure. just even that freedom that coming back to that freedom in Christ where it said, yeah, you know what? I don't have to entertain you. You have to, you have to stop. <laughs> like, yeah. Almost sounds weird. Almost yeah. schizophrenic, but you, you know what I mean? We all struggle with those thoughts, but yeah. it's so freeing to say, yeah, I don't have to react to this. I don't have to entertain this because mm -hmm. I have the, I have the mind of Christ. I have the authority of Christ. Yeah. So, um, that's grace. That's grace. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, there's this there's this idea that goes around in Christian circles that that we don't that we that we can't like that we don't have this freedom. Mm -hmm. and, and so what it does is it gives us an excuse. And I think a lot of times we would it'd be nice, right? Like it'd be nice to have an excuse for why we think like we think or why we do what we do or why we have these mm -hmm. sin struggles that we have. And, and and it would be it'd be nice sometimes like to be able to blame those things on a sinful nature. And a lot of Christians mm -hmm. do that because a lot of Christians mm -hmm. live from a from a paradigm that they're still um, they're still kind of stuck or connected to a sinful nature. Mm -hmm. But Christ came to set us free from that. Yes. And so, um, he, you know, that's the part of us that was crucified with with Christ and we're new creations in him. And the yes. life that we live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God. And so we're we're we are we're in Christ. And so yes. we're set free from that. And so when we sin, this is the part that uh, that, uh, you know, a lot of believers, I think, struggle with. Uh, when when we sin, we have to be able to admit and be honest with ourselves like I chose that. <laughs> like I chose that I, I chose yes. to buy into a lie or I chose to yes. come under an old mindset. Or I chose to do something because I just wanted it. Like I just yeah. wanted to do something at the time and yeah. it was sinful and I knew it was sinful and I did it anyway. Like, yeah. and, and so, and, and so it'd be, it'd be nice to have this, this scapegoat to say, oh, well, you know what? Like I'm only human and it's just like mm -hmm. my sinful nature and I'm, yeah. and I'm doing, it's like, no, like we can't, we can't do that anymore, but it's okay to just be honest where we mess up, when we fall, when we fail and to put it all under grace because his right. grace is so much bigger than that. And if we will stop calling things not sin that are sin, and if we'll stop making excuses for ourselves for when yeah. we sin and when we mess up and when we make mistakes, right. then I think we'll really be able to experience that freedom that Christ mm -hmm. came to 
to give yeah. to us that Christ came yeah. to secure for us. Right. So if I'm not like trying to sweep stuff under the rug and pretend like that, I've got someone else to blame. And, and, and I just recognize, you know what, like that was sinful. Yeah. And I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe there were factors and there were different things, yeah. but ultimately like it was my fault and I chose it. And uh, God, I just thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I thank you that your grace actually empowers me to mm -hmm. stop doing this thing. Yes. And yeah. maybe I end up doing it again tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Or maybe I end up like falling again or I end up messing up again or whatever. But like, God, I thank you that your grace is so good and so sufficient that it actually empowers me to be free from this thing and yes. to not be subject and to not be in bondage or in slavery to this thing any longer. I just think, you know, is it, is it making sense what I'm saying, Karen? Like yeah, I, I've it sounds talking very circles, um, but... Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving <laughs> present your request to God. I just, um, somebody, I was in a conversation on one of my social media about what somebody called beggy prayers. And I was like, well, I, I, I don't know. What do you mean by that? Because I said, I, I I believe in being bold before God, but then sometimes we're just wrecks and God's okay with that mm -hmm. too. And she, she, yeah. she wasn't really talking about that. She was talking about when we keep asking God as if God hadn't heard. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not exactly sure where I am in that because I think it's okay to keep asking God like the widow. But then there's that thing where we're allowed to approach, when we approach in faith according to God's will, we're allowed to approach with confidence. And I will definitely say too few prayers that I know of or hear of have that element of Thanksgiving. And it says, present your requests well, with Thanksgiving. You know, like yeah. if we're asking a quarter in his will, we should be saying, and thank you. Cause I know you're going to do it because we know God's going to do it because it's according to his will. And we believe not because we deserve it. That whole, that whole entitlement versus receiving, you know, we're, I'm not expecting something because I think I deserve it. I am looking forward to something because I know you're a God of your word. So I'm going to receive it yeah. with open hands. Yeah. And how much different would our, how much more potent and powerful would our prayers be if there was that element of, I know who you are, God, even in desperation. Wow. You know, like yeah. I'm, I think about the the great, um, like Hezekiah's prayer, Jehoshaphat's prayer before they went into battle. And um, I'm not sure if Hezekiah had one. I'll think about it. I'm just talking way too many words. But uh, Jehoshaphat, before he went into battle, it was like, we do not know what to do, but our eyes on you. And he's desperate. And he said, we can't win this. Yes. But in the same, like the same prayer, he's rehearsing God's victory. So even in the desperation, he's going, but I know you're God. There's a worship in that. And if we could yeah. approach God in desperate, I, be honest about the desperation. I'm totally with you about that. But then also going, but you know, God, as much as I know I'm not you, <laughs> as much as I know I can't do mm -hmm. this, as much as I may not even feel like I can do this, or yeah. I know that you can, I mean, and I'm going to go, that's a whole thing where the emo our emotions don't have to be the boss of us. You know, yeah. like I, I feel desperate. I feel desolate. I feel dismayed, but I have hope because I know that you are God. Yeah. Sometimes I think those yeah. are the most potent ones when we don't feel like it, but we say it anyways, because we know it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like bringing that sacrifice of thanksgiving or that sacrifice yes. of praise. And I think that that really does move the heart of God. Yes. You know, I, th I think that we can have this attitude and this might go back to the entitlement thing that you were talking yes. about, too. But but I, we can have this attitude where even in worship, for example, you know, we can say, I just don't feel like it. So I'm not going to do it. Like, yes. I, and, and we can we can have this attitude that says, I don't really feel like it and I don't want to bring God something fake. 
But I think that it actually moves God's heart, even right. in those moments where we might not feel like it for X yep. reason. And we say, God, I'm going to choose to bring worship to you anyway, just because you're so worthy of it. Like, even yes. if I don't feel like it, it doesn't change the yes. fact that you're worthy and you deserve yes. it. Yes. And know? I would even go so far. Um, I was going to say, forgive me, but don't forgive me for this. To say that if your worship is about how you're feeling, it's not worship anyways. It's already mm -hmm. fake if it's about how you're feeling. Sometimes mm -hmm. you feel okay. You know, sometimes worship feels right. wonderful. But if it you right. have to feel wonderful, you know, like if you have to feel wonderful, right. then there's something missing because worship is right. leaning into God and acknowledging God's presence, you know. And I mean, we both know mm -hmm. God deserves it no matter what. And often when we feel least like worshiping, that's when we most need to worship. But honestly, if the only thing that validates your worship is your emotion, then right. um, you're lying on the wrong thing. Right. So wow. I'm saying that to me too, as, as horrible as that may sound or as um, I, you know, when I don't feel like worshiping and so I say, I can't worship, that's, that's on me. You know, <laughs> God yeah. deserves it either way. And I probably need it more yeah. than if I wanted to worship right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a, I'm a little torn as you, uh, you know, and what you said about the, 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 like the beggy prayers. Yeah. And, and all that, because um, I, I, I feel like when it comes to to prayer and talking to God and, mm -hmm. and and worship, like when it comes to our communication with God, I feel like we can, you know, very often come to God in sort of a, a begging way. Mm -hmm. And I, the, I believe in a in a persistence in prayer, for sure. Like you mentioned, right. uh, the, the Luke 18, um, is it 17 mm -hmm. or 18? Luke 18, I think, uh, the, the woman that goes before the king and it's yeah. her persistence. And I, I think that that's a, you know, a picture of, of being persistent before the Lord in, in our prayer and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you talked about Thanksgiving and how, you know, like you can go back over and over again to God and, and talking to him and praying about the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that that Thanksgiving aspect is really, really important Yeah, because, you know, we can go to God and, and I think that I think that this might be where the line is, although it might mm -hmm. be hard to define sometimes. Mm -hmm. It might be, you know, if I'm going to God and just asking him for the same thing over and over again because I'm unconvinced that he's mm -hmm. actually doing it or like I'm unconvinced mm -hmm. that he's actually faithful in that area. Or I feel like, you know, if I'm doing it, I'm having these conversations with yeah. God because I feel like I need to be in control or I need to convince right. him of something right. or something like that, that like weird stuff that goes on in our heads. And right. I think that that's where, you know, our prayer can be more like begging and complaining and mm -hmm. stuff like that than actual, like us connecting with right. God. Um, but yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, 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 I believe in that. I think, I, I think it's there. Like, I don't think God's looking for a formula when it comes to how right. we pray, but I do think a general kind of rule of thumb is like, you know, go before God with the things that are bothering you, the things that are on your heart and let your requests be made known to God. But then, as you yeah. said, with Thanksgiving, so I can go back to God as often as I'd like after that, but I'm thanking him for, you know, right. for his faithfulness. I'm thanking him for providing. I'm thanking him for, you know, what I, what I believe that he's promised to do, even if I'm not seeing it quite yet. And so right, right. I think, I think thanks, Thanksgiving and thankfulness is uh kind of like anchors us in so many different oh, areas you I know like like it, it's a Anchor. really good way to maintain the the right kind of attitude and heart because even if my thinking is wrong on something uh -huh. but i'm approaching god from a standpoint of 
thankfulness and thanksgiving then i feel like it eventually gets my wrong right. thinking out of the way right you know? i think it helps to declare the truth even when you mm -hmm. don't feel it yeah absolutely and it, it matters again probably when you most don't believe it <laughs> it helps yeah. to declare the truth <laughs> when you need it uh, it helps to declare the truth I, i'm thinking about even when jesus taught the lord's prayer it started with our father in heaven hallowed be your name you know, to approach God and mm -hmm. recognize, and I, I don't see that as we're trying to make, we're trying to be afraid of God or, oh no, you're so far above me. I can't talk to you, but to just kind of yeah. stand in awe of who God is. I actually call this, I think I made up this word, theomathy, because <laughs> theology <laughs> is, you know, when you're trying to kind of understand God, not put God in a box, but trying to understand him and reason him. Mm -hmm. And how do I get to know God better and know how to serve him and what it means. And that there's definitely a place where we should do that because Logos, Logos, you know, it's like a study, but then that mythos, we think of myth, like this is bad, you know, <laughs> but really what mythos is, is standing in awe of something that goes before beyond our understanding. Uh, and so the myths, like that word myth, that was when people didn't understand stuff. So they made up stuff. So I'm not a proponent of just making up stuff. Um, actually, I think in theology, we do a little bit of that. Sometimes we don't understand God and he doesn't fit in our box. So sometimes we make up stuff when yeah. we can just say, I don't know, but God's good. You know, I, I don't, I don't know the formula for this. And it's now I I'm a theology geek, so I'm totally not saying don't try, but I think there are times where it's okay just to stand in awe mm. and go, wow. You know, like I, yeah. and like I, I get to pour out my heart to God. That's, that's amazing. What do I really need to write a book about that? Or do I really need to look up the Greek for what does it mean to pour out my heart? Or, I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of that, but mm. sometimes there's a time to just go like that grand Canyon Canyon. I don't know if you've ever been to the grand Canyon. We were there once. I haven't. We were there once and we, it was a drive-through. Like it was like, we'll just go there for a minute. We're driving through this area. We'll make a little detour. It was a couple miles. And, and we were so upset that we only had a morning because there's just this thing where you're, it's so much bigger than you and yeah. it's so grand and it defies words and it defies. And all you can kind of do is literally kind of like literally drop your jaw on yeah. and like, how much more is God like this? I need to take more time to have that grand Canyon yeah. moment with God. Cause he's so, and yeah. the other thing about the grand Canyon is you don't, you don't understand it till you've been there. Like you see pictures <laughs> and you see, you know, you read things about it, but until you've stood there, it's like, and I think that's what worship is. People can hear about God and we can tell all the wonderful things God's done, which is, you know, pretty amazing. The whole creating, governing the world thing, um, dying for our sins when he could have left, you know, that sort of thing. But um, there's some pretty cool stuff to talk about. But then when you know God to stand in his presence, like how could you ever be worried about anything, knowing that a God that's bigger than anything you can ever mm. think of going through is right there with you and has got your back. And that's, I, I, I don't, I mean, Jesus has not personally told me this one way or the other, but I'm, if I was the betting woman, I'd say that would be a really good reason to start that prayer with our mm -hmm. father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yeah. To just stand it on. I find that free. I'm freeing. I don't, yeah. because then it's yeah. like, okay, I don't have to be God. Someone better has the job. Yes. Yeah, that childlike, simple kind of awe and wonder of God, it's so important. And and that, uh, yeah, like f having that, that kind of balance 
in mm. our pursuit of God of like, this is what I know about you, God. Mm. And or what I like what I think I know or like what I'm mm. getting to d know and discover mm. about who you are. Yeah. And then there's so much more that I just yes. have no idea. Yes. Like There's so much more. And 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 I do think that it's kind of our Western mentality to want to get all the details and the information yeah. and puzzle pieces and to understand all of the different aspects. And we just have to learn to be content with the fact yes. that like, we're just, we're not going to know like, yeah. and, and it's actually, it, it, as you said, it's so freeing and it's so important because if, if we could know all of God, like if God could fit into my mind, yes. then like, I don't need him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't need yeah. a God that I, that yeah, I can. If we could figure it out, then <laughs> we also wouldn't yeah. need the owner's manual, you know? So yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go. It was yeah. my career, no more Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's also really, really important for those moments where we end up walking through something yes. difficult or tragic or something that's disappointing yes. um, that we, that, that we've, been able to cultivate that that kind of lifestyle and that journey with God where we're okay with the unknown. We're okay with the stuff yeah. that we can't fully understand because there are many times where God is going to give you the answers and there's other mm -hmm. times where you're just not going to have the answers. Yeah. And I we've, we've got to be okay with that. Yeah. I love like, the answers. I, I seek yeah, the answers. I, I want the answers. I, um, yeah. I chase after them probably way too voraciously but a lot of times that peace that the peace that's philippians 4 6 and 7 and and the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus that mm -hmm. sometimes you go so far for the understanding that you miss the peace and like mm -hmm. you may yeah. or may not get the understanding but you want the peace you don't want to supersede the peace you know yeah. it's way deeper and i say that yeah. with conviction on my own because i really like the answers i really do yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. not always where the growth or the contentment or the peace and they're certainly not where the worship is mm -hmm. you know think of how yeah, many less I, I dumb arguments we get into if we could just stop right. sometimes like i believe there are things that are worth fighting for as far as integrity mm -hmm. and purity and religion religion's a big thing i'm on right now pure religion i'm not talking about what society's made it i'm talking about that word religion actually means the, uh, either worship yeah. or godliness depending on which there's two words used in scripture but mm -hmm. that that kind of thing that's worth fighting for jesus christ as savior the only the only one by which men must be saved saved mm -hmm. and women must be saved that is worth fighting for but certain things even in church's history that like really they're killing people yeah. over that <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should have just stood in awe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We just had church, Karen. Yeah, that's how I hallelujah. Feel. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> no, yeah, that's so good. I, I'm, uh, yeah, Th that that willingness to to just stand in awe of God, mm. it's, it's so essential, and it's, I think it's one of the main components that's that's missing um, from I mean, I I could just say like, well, let me let me let me not try to put this on anybody else. Let me just say from from my life mm. is just that willingness at times to just say like, mm. like, let me slow down enough. Let me slow down enough to just mm. be with you. Mm. Let me slow down enough to like stop feeling like I've I've got to 
like my ability to do things and to and to perform and my ability to get mm -hmm. things done or whatever like even even trying to walk in step in and be, and be in God's grace and be in God's rest like even with that like like I don't know like I just I just feel like there's times where I can get so just overwhelmed by stuff and mm -hmm. feeling like I've got to keep doing things yeah and there's there's so many times where uh, you know if we would pay attention where I feel like God is just like whispering to our ear and just kind of nudging us to say, Hey, like just come away with me yeah. or just, Hey, take a, take a break. Yeah. Take a nap. Yeah. God forbid. Like, like take a moment and just yeah. enjoy where you are. Yes. Not, you know, this doesn't have to, it's not all just like some hyper spiritual thing where it's just like, let me, let me just stand and meditate on the majesty yeah. of God's good. Like, like there's times for that yeah. for sure. Yeah. You can get, I mean, there's there's limit. There's no limit to like how yeah. much time you could just yeah. spend just standing before God. But even like in in daily life, just kind of yes. taking taking a breather, taking a moment yeah. to just say, OK, God, like, thank you. Like, I, I see what you're doing here. Thank you for that. Or taking yeah. a moment to just stop and to pause oh. and just reflect and take a moment to be like, like, God, what, what are you saying here? What are you doing yeah. here? And that living in that kind of childlike awareness of God's presence where we're not like filtering God's presence through our mindset and through maybe our experiences in the past, mm -hmm. and like all kinds of things. Right. Like, but, but just living in the simplicity of the reality of how near mm -hmm. and close God is in every single moment. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's where, yeah, that's where that adventure of grace like really gets yeah. amplified. And that's where, I mean, yeah, yeah, just like so much life happens with with Jesus when you're I willing to that. just walk with him where it's not. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I feel like we can live our lives in such a way that's like, OK, well, I had I had my my time with the Lord here and I have this aspect of my life and we can kind of divide things up. And yeah. and then I'm going and I'm doing something, some aspect of my day or some aspect mm -hmm. of my life where I'm not really, you know, with God, or I'm not really right. aware of God in the midst of that. Oh, earlier, you were talking about the, the phrase in Christ, mm -hmm. and how often Paul uses that. And it's like, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to remind us that we are in Christ. Mm. And so like, when I go to work, I'm going to work in Christ. When I go to school, I'm in Christ. When I'm at home, mm. when I'm taking it, when I'm going to bed for the night like i'm doing all the things that i do i'm doing these things in christ yes and and christ is in me throughout the whole process yes. and there's this constant connection with the holy spirit that is just yes. so real it's so yes. real but if, you know when we don't take a moment to to like reflect and to just like kind of step into that simple awareness and consciousness of the reality of how near his presence is to us then, you know, I think we just kind of, we get stuck, we get caught up. It's easy to get overwhelmed and frustrated. And like, you can walk through a day without even really yep. thinking about God, you were with me that whole time. Like, why did I do all that stuff by myself today? Right. Like, why did I, you know, all the things that I did, so much I did them, but I did it by myself because I, 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 I yeah. I, I find that I struggle personally with sometimes 
I just want to be right all the time. I'm trying to be right. And I mean that in two senses. There is the part of me that likes to prove that I'm right. Sometimes I'm not that, that's not as hard, but I have to know mm -hmm. that I'm right. Like I, not so much, I have to know that I'm right so that I can prove it to everyone else and thumb my numbs to them. But I want to make sure I live with integrity, but I can get that yeah. very confused because I'm trying to do the right thing. And the flip side of that is fear of being wrong. So whenever there's mm -hmm. a fear of anything that drives you in the wrong place. And because we think sometimes of holiness, of godliness, of again, you can call it religion, holiness, worship, godliness, piety, pick a century in a religious tradition, they have a different word, but the same thing that that whole godlikeness and it so easily gets reduced to a checklist of do's and don'ts. And holiness is not about so much about what you do or don't do, although that's fruits, as it is about living your life out of a loving relationship that begins with God and flows through you. And uh, when we start, I, I, I'm just saying personally, this is my struggle. I think probably most people can relate to this um, who are trying to walk with God. Sometimes in that struggle, we want so much to please God that we worry about what if I don't please God? And then you're like, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then there starts to be a little bit of paranoia and then we get mad at somebody else because they help us. And because somehow it slips to us and what we can and can't do right. instead of that. Right. Oh, I just love that phrase in Christ. You know, yeah. this is holiness is not about what I do. It's about who Christ is in me Come on. and my willingness to allow that to flow through. Love it. So let's get to this book. Right. It's a short one. <laughs> I, I said, yeah, well, um, I uh, yeah, I mean, this this book so you can. You, you can you can read this book like in one sitting if you'd mm -hmm. like it's um it's that it's that short uh but uh did you did you intend this book to be okay so let, let me give the title again um uh well hang on let me i want to i because I, I do this too much where i like i i'm so ready with stuff and then i i still like will butcher things so 10 healing truths from god's word i wanted to put my eyes on it to make sure i didn't say something wrong 10 healing truths from god's word and uh, did you did you write this to be a sort of daily devotional for 10 days or how, how what's the intention? I did actually originally, believe it or not, I wrote it as a gift <laughs> just for people basically asked for it. Oh, yeah. Um, and people don't. It's funny. People are suspicious of free stuff. So <laughs> but so I said, OK, I'll sell it for you know, 99 cents, make it as cheap as I can. And um, the thought was that. This is something that I. I believe is for everyone because truth is for everyone. It's, you know, I, I've gone through it myself a couple of times, um, but it's meant as a 10 day devotional. I guess a lot of people just kind of sat and read through it. Um, a couple of people I know have gone through a little bit at a time, um, but kind of the idea is sometimes somebody doesn't want to spend $20 and commit four months, but maybe you can commit 10 days and 99 cents. So we'll start mm -hmm. there and I'm, you know, I have another one kind of in the works and maybe we'll just do 10 day things because you know, God's truth and a life with God, it's accessible. And we don't always have to think about it in terms of a year commitment. Let's just do it one day at a time. So that's, that's why I decided to kind of release it. I wrote it about a year ago, actually that way, but yeah, it is meant ideally as a 10 day thing so that you can kind of take time to think and pray and consider the questions and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if, if you would um, talk a little bit about um, your heart, in in uh, just putting this book together you said that this was um uh, just initially your your idea your heart behind this was to offer it as a gift and uh, i do i'm with you i believe that um this is for everybody i think every believer um should read this 
And these are just 10 just really beautiful truths that obviously they apply to every single believer. They apply to everybody. Uh, I think that this is good for somebody just starting out in their journey with the Lord. And it's also really good for somebody who's been walking with God for 50 years to have a reminder. Because I, I think, it, I don't know if you agree with me on this. I think, Karen, it's often the the simple truths from God's word Absolutely. that are, number one, the most important. And mm -hmm. number two, uh, that take the longest to get kind of get through our head and like rooted into our heart. And so the really simple truths like, well, I mean, just like, this this is like as basic as you can get we sing the songs in sunday school god is good yes right so god is good but that's something that i will chew on for the rest of my life mm -hmm. that i will be progressively getting revealed to me through the rest of my life and throughout eternity as well just kind mm -hmm. of discovering more and more of how good mm -hmm. god is and mm -hmm. like it's one thing for me to say how good god is and it's another thing for me to like actually accept it and walk mm -hmm. in it where it becomes experiential that I know that God is good in spite of what might be going on around me. And so when you share these, you know, simple truths and all of your, uh, all of these truths, uh, start off with this in Christ mm -hmm. and then there's a truth. So in Christ, I am fill in the blank. Right. And mm -hmm. so, but it's these, it's these truths that I, I, I really believe that every single believer um, we'll be able to get something out of this. So thank you for, uh, for writing this and thank you for thank this you. gift. And, um, what is kind of your, uh, just heart behind this and what you're hoping that, uh, as people read this, that they'll kind of discover either about God, about themselves, mm -hmm. or, you know, what's, what's your heart behind that? Well, um, I always give away everything. My, the first sentence of any book I read, I think, <laughs> and the first sentence of the book says, I, I don't have right in front of me. Basically, the chief deterrent to health and healing is our tendency to believe the lies that we're fed about ourselves. Um, Satan yeah. gets very crafty with his lies because he um, puts them forth as data. You know, mm -hmm. uh, a lie isn't just a factual inaccuracy. You can say you did this, you did this, Correct. so and so said this to you. Look, you're worthless. You know, it, it, it Satan sets these facts up that mm -hmm. leads us in a place different than where God says who says God says we are. And I, even as, you know, I've been a Christian, I can't remember not being a Christian. You know, I, I grew up in a family that was loved and, and I probably had a pretty good case scenario for my upbringing. And yet I still struggled with a lot of stuff. I didn't even realize I struggled with a lot of lies I, I, that I didn't realize I struggled with. And I mean, I named my daughter Aletheia. That's truth in Greek. So truth is really important to me. Mm. And so when it was brought up to me, um, through some basically kind of spiritual coaching sessions, for lack of a better term, that there were these things that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling this lie about myself. And I'm mm. um, when that was brought up, it was so freeing. It was so freeing to just really rehearse and not to just rehearse it, but try to like meditate on what it means. Like you said, God is good. Even just meditating on that is amazing. But yeah. to meditate on the fact that I'm loved, well, what does it mean that I'm loved? You know, what does that mean? And to really understand the depths of it, but then not just that, to challenge anything that I'm thinking that leads me yes. away from that. Mm -hmm. You know, if I look in the mm -hmm. mirror and say I'm fat every day, am I really, is that somebody who believes I'm loved? You know, if all I ever say is I screwed up again, I'm not really acting like somebody. So there's a challenge there to not just say I'm loved, but to get rid of all the junk that's keeping me well. from believing this truth. And I, I used a, um illustration at the beginning. I'm not exactly sure how it came to me, uh, but it was, it was somebody who's a homeless beggar woman who's sitting right outside the bank. Right. Um, who doesn't 
know her identity. Like she lost, she, she has some mental illness. She had some amnesia, but it turns out that she's an heiress and she has millions of dollars in a trust fund in the bank. And the only thing that's keeping her from that is she doesn't know who she is. She has right. everything she needs and it's a trust fund. So she gets more than she needs right now. But when she, when, she, when she's reached the fullness of time or whatever, if we're going to get really, you know, deep about this, then she'll get this almost unlimited inheritance. But for now she has more than she ever possibly could even imagine is good. Yes. But she's standing right there and she doesn't understand I'm an heir. And I, it, that's how it seems like we act even as Christians. Sometimes we're, we're settling for scraps and rags yes. and coldness and not to have our needs met. And somehow we feel like either God doesn't want to give it to us or we don't deserve it or that we're less than somebody that God wants to love. Mm. And it's right in front of us. We just don't understand who we are. Wow. So, I mean, just think that poor beggar woman, if she found out you're an heiress, walk in, you'll get everything you ever need and wanted. And that, that was kind of the idea with this book. So it's time to walk and claim our inheritance. Again, not as something we're entitled to, as not something we deserve, but something we've been promised and that we can access. Um, but it is, you know, truth. It does cost a little bit. You got to believe, you got to trust, you got to get rid of the junk that gets, it's an investment worth making. It's a relationship. So let's start understanding about our relationship and this will set us free, but we're going to have to get rid of some of the other junk. And that might be hard. That might actually hurt a little bit, but it's worth it. You know, mm, getting, yeah. letting go of critical stuff that you haven't even acknowledged you're being critical of. That means you have to acknowledge this is a pain first. That can hurt. Um, mm. Now, obviously it doesn't get that deep into it because the book is only 38 pages, but uh, sure. <laughs> maybe that'll be a part two. But uh, yeah, the idea is hopefully just leaving a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to talk as you um, struggle with the scriptures on your own. Uh, but God has more for all of us. I, I don't care where we're at. I mean, Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, whoever, God has more for all of us because we're not with Jesus yet, which means we're going to keep, we are complete in that God, Christ, Christ makes us complete. And yet we can still move towards greater wholeness and healing. And so that's great. The hope is that uh, should I read the truths? There are 10 of them. Or did you want to read them? Um, no. Well, I don't know. I wasn't sure how much we wanted to give away because I do. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I want people to buy. I was going to ask you to talk about maybe a couple of them. If you want to read them, uh, if you're open, if you're down for that, I, I'd love I'm that. okay with that because that's and um, if you were to go on Amazon.com, it'll read all 10 of them. Um, okay. In Christ, right. I'm loved. In Christ, I'm redeemed. In Christ, I am blessed. In Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. In Christ, I have deliverance. In Christ, I have freedom. I'm going fast. Sorry. Uh, it's the Yankee in me. Uh, in Christ, I have forgiveness. In Christ, I have everything I need. In Christ, I have hope. In Christ, I can win. So that doesn't give away too much because it doesn't, I, I'm uh, I'm not sure how much you were able to read of it, but it doesn't, nest, there's like a lot of times a little bit of a twist to it that mm -hmm. that may not mean what yeah, you yeah. think it means. You know, that may mean right, in Christ, I have forgiveness, but I access forgiveness by forgiving. I have to open my eyes. I mean, mm -hmm. I have to open my hands to forgive others because I can't really know what forgiveness means. Yeah. If I, I have to let go of my hold on others <laughs> and it's yeah. worth it. It's an investment worth making, but we got to do that. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. um, in Christ, I have freedom. I talked about our freedom. We talked about that a little bit today. Freedom isn't mm -hmm. what we think it is. Freedom is not, I can do whatever I want because if you're doing whatever you want, you're not free. You're a slave to sin. 
So mm. uh, I think sometimes we say these truths. I don't think any of that sounds unfamiliar, but we don't really know what it means. Uh, one of my favorite, um, and my, my husband cued me into this, was in Christ I have hope. And um, that word hope in both the Greek and Hebrew is the same exact word as waiting. So wow. hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is looking forward to what we know good things will happen. And it's active because we prepare. I mean, if I know I'm going to have a special guest, I don't leave all the dishes in the sink. So it's good. Oh, I have dishes in the sink now. I don't, that may be bad, but um, we're not having a guest come over. I but, you know, if you know some, if you know Christmas is coming, you prepare for Christmas. You know, when we know good mm -hmm. things are happening, there's something in us that leans forward to That's prepare good. for that thing to happen yeah. it's because we're confident and it's the exact opposite of despair. You know, despair is I know good things will never happen. Yes. So hope. Uh -huh. So when we start getting despair, but then we practice this, if we, and you know what, we can feel despair, but again, it doesn't have to be the boss of us. I can feel this horrible thing happened, but it's not going to stay there. If you start practicing, wait, I know, I believe, I mean, yeah. scripture is so important to that because then you don't, I don't have to feel like, I, I think ultimately our emotions tend to follow our thoughts in the long run, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, as we practice them. Um, but we definitely don't want to be in the place where our thoughts follow our emotions. Like I, so I don't have to right. feel right now, like everything's right. going to be good. I can feel kind of yucky right now and I can be honest with God. We're talking about honesty, but then I can also stand on the truth that God wants good things for me. I can stand on yeah. the truth. I don't have to feel it because I can believe scripture. You know, I know the plans I have for you, mm -hmm. says the Lord, plans to prosper and you not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Yep. So I can say, I know Jeremiah 29, 11. So God, I feel really cruddy right now, but I'm going to worship you because I know your word's true and my feelings aren't the boss of me. You are. And yeah. then there's a freedom in that. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, what are you choosing to partner with? You know, you right. talked about leaning into that thing so you know your your hope your expectation you know that christmas is coming or you know someone's yeah. coming over or whatever yeah. so you automatically you adjust right you do things right. to prepare for that and so yeah we can we can i i think that god is looking for that partnership agreement mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. us and that's actually part of the process of like those doors opening up right because you know yeah. god might give us a little clue he might give us a glimpse he might give us mm -hmm. one, the next step or he might yeah. you know tell us what he's calling us to or whatever it might be and then it's kind of us us believing him enough trusting him enough again coming back to that kind of like childlike faith and that mm -hmm. whole thing to say okay god like i i believe that i believe that you're in this i mm -hmm. believe that you're faithful and so I believe that you're going to do what you've promised. Amen. And so I'm going to lean into this. And it's that hope, that that expectation of God's goodness that's causing me to lean into this thing, even though I might not be able to fully see it or comprehend it yet. I'm going to lean into that rather than lean into just what I see or what I think wow. or the emotion. And because I can partner very easily with that despair. I could partner right. very easily with the disappointment that we experience in life. And then it takes me down a different, a different yep. path. Yep. Right. And so it's that partnership agreement with, with God, with the things of God and with the, the word of God, the voice of God that, that causes us to, you know, walk with him and to, yeah, it's that, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, what you said there about hope. It's really, really cool. Yeah. No, and don't get me wrong. I love emotions. I I'm very emotional person. I'm very, you probably can see it on my face. I don't, I, 
can't sit in the front row anymore because I make weird faces and it <laughs> distracts the pastors or whoever's pre preaching that week. But um, I wear them on my face, but I love emotions, but emotions serve me. I don't serve them. And I, I remember hearing that Pastor Good. Jim Cimbala from Brooklyn Tabernacle. That's not for me. That's from Sim Jim Cimbala. Um, emotions are wonderful servants. They're horrible masters. And mm. um, so the emotion doesn't get to tell me how I feel. And, you know, emotions have been wrong at times often, but God never is. Yeah. And, yeah. and knowing that is, is really just a freeing thing. And you said another word, I call it Greeking out. I like, I don't know anywhere near enough Greek, but I love like looking up words and stuff. So I'm mm. Greeking out on you. You said the word believe and that word in Greek, and I'm sorry if I butcher it for anybody who speaks Greek, but pistis or pistuo, mm -hmm. depending on which yeah. form, it is literally the same word for faith and faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So if you believe you act accordingly and that's where James says faith without works is dead. You know, right. that faith and faithfulness, if we truly believe, I, I never really, thank you for that. I, I guess I never really connected the belief thing with the hope thing, but if you know, something's coming, you prepare for it. If you believe someone's good and honorable and the best thing for you, then you act according to that. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love what you said there too, about, well, first of all, it's the all of these truths because like we've all bought into lies, right? Like yeah, we've all bought into absolutely. something. And I loved what you said there about how, you know, you might actually the, the the thing, the source of the lie, it might actually be something that's like naturally true. Like it might mm -hmm. be based on facts mm -hmm. in the natural. But what I what I always say is um, the how do I say it? I should know how I say it. Um, that the truth or yeah, yeah, I'll say it like that truth in the mouth of a liar is still going to come out as a lie because, mm -hmm. because he's, because the, the devil is a, a pervert, like he yeah. pervert, like to, to, you know, we talked yeah. about perversion earlier yeah. and that's what that word means. It's like to twist. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we'll, we'll twist God's word. And so we might be experiencing something natural, like, oh, yeah, I did. I did fail. Like mm -hmm. I did fail at, at this business in the past or, you know, I did sin again. Like I did mess up or mm -hmm. I do have this addiction that I'm struggling with in my life or these negative thought patterns or whatever. Right. And so that's that's true. Mm -hmm. Like that's a those are real things that are happening. And to deny that those things are existing doesn't help me at all. Right. But what the devil will do is he'll take those he'll take the fact of something that's really happening in real life and then he'll present it to you in a way that is completely void of the grace of god yes. the goodness of god the faithfulness of god and right. so anything that we do like any thought pattern or or anything that we that we do where we're coming from a place where it's the foundation of it is not the goodness of god or right. that God's grace right. is with us or that God is for us or that we're bought right. and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Like, like anything that we say in life that's, you know, negatively happening in our life, like all of that, it's, it's whatever, because we, yeah. we're supposed to look at it from the lens of what Christ has accomplished for us. And so what the devil will always try to do is he'll try to take, it's almost like a half truth, you know, 
It's like, yeah. this is this is true, but I'm going to present it to you in just the right way so that it brings you into the place of condemnation and guilt and shame and makes you kind of just yeah. keep going down that path of despair. And so that's what makes it that's what makes it a lie. Yeah. And so absolutely. when we buy into those things, it's like, OK, yeah, like I am I have messed up many times in my life, but that's not the foundation of my life. The foundation for my life is what Jesus did for me. Yes. And so I get to stand in that. And so when I can see things through that lens and through that yes. light, I can begin to, you know, shift things. I can begin to respond and act differently. Yeah. And that helps with our grace for others, too, because, you know, like the unforgiving servant, when we remember how much God's done for us, how much yeah. we owe God. Yeah. Um, one time in my life, this is this is an, um, an anointed mess. I had a hard time with somebody who literally owed me 100 days pay. Horrible renter, worst renter. I mean, there's nothing to justify how bad of a renter this person was. Yeah. But um, oh, it literally owed me 100 days pay, which was the unforgiving servant. It was 100 days pay. And at one point, God very God doesn't always speak to me clearly, clearly words. It's more like thoughts or just a general conviction. But the clear words spoken to me from God is, I only want you to forgive her as much as you want me to forgive you. And that like wrecked me. Yep. <laughs> so, so now when yep. I get too yep. critical, God has repeated that into my spirit or reminded me of that. Um, so True. we will never run out of forgiveness for others if we only choose to forgive them as much as we want God to forgive us. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. I, I remember, I remember being in, in a, in a very critical mindset about a particular person mm -hmm. that uh, had come into the church and, um, they weren't a, a member of the church, but they were there a couple of times. And, and uh, I, I just remember being very, very just in my mind going to this place where I was just being very critical about some things that I was seeing. And, and God just like, I, I love those moments where God just kind of puts you in your place, you know, because yep. he does it, he does it lovingly, right. but sternly. And, and I, I love, like, I look back on moments that I've had with God where he's just been a, like a stern yep. and loving father. Yes. And just kind of reminded me, you know, of of things like that. I really cherish those moments yes. um, because it's it's just part of like building history with God yes. and that he's so good and he's so kind even like yes. like that's his kindness. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. Like he's so oh, kind to confront us when we're going down a wrong, you know, place in our mind. Not because he's like, he's like, oh, you suck at this, but because he's like, I want you to be better. Like, I want you to, like, like I want you to recognize that you're like lacking something yeah. in this area. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a parent. Uh, and so he, I was, I was being very critical about this person and God just confronted me and it was so clear, like what you were just talking about. It was so clear. God was like, um, he said, you have no right to judge this person. You have no idea what they've been through. Mm -hmm. And I was like. And, and and I paused for a second. I was like, "Yep, yep. <laughs> like you're absolutely." You know what I mean? Like it was just one of the yeah. one of those moments where uh, it's kind of like marked and defined my life. And I don't do it perfectly by any means, but it's one of those things where that that thing that God said to me that one day it will come back into my mind when mm -hmm. I'm faced with the temptation to do that again with somebody mm -hmm. else. And right. so, anyway, it's just really cool how how kind. Yes. God is to yes. remind and, us of things. And, and to, it is and freeing. Truth. Like, I think, I think people get, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think people no, get, please. they don't understand the difference between guilt and, sh and shame and conviction, but true conviction is freeing. Like it removes a weight. Like when God said that to me, I had really been struggling. I've been trying to forgive her, but also judging her in my heart 
for months because she just kept yeah, like yeah doing more and more there was no excuse i think she was hurting i think there god did give me more of a heart for her but it was really like we were trying to be nice and she was just throwing it out the window every minute and um but like it was freeing when i had that conviction because as soon it was like a weight was lifted when i left my judgment judgment at the foot of the cross and I think that's what conviction does. Conviction is just God saying, this isn't helping you. Let me take it. You know, this isn't helping. Not, I'm not trying to take something that's bad. He's like, you know, there's, you have a sliver. Let me get it out. You know, you yeah. have like the parent yeah. says to the kid who it's like, it hurts, it hurts. And won't sit still, but God's going, no, no, I'm trying to help you. And well, guilt doesn't do that. Guilt just pushes you down and usually yes. you keep doing more. And I'm so bad. And it's, it's but that conviction, it's like, feeling those moments of conviction because he is kind ends up making, I, I think you can rally. You feel lighter because all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, yeah. I didn't realize I was carrying that. Take it, yeah. <laughs> take it. Yeah. So. Come on. Mm -hmm. So 10 truths, mm -hmm. right? Um, 10 healing truths. You read through them. What would you say is one, or I don't know if you can hone in on the one, mm -hmm. Uh, or maybe, you know, one of them that's, uh, you know, maybe been an area of your life that you've particularly maybe struggled with or where you've like really needed God's grace, where you've had experience with God's grace um, in in one of these truths. Well, I, I already hit on um, forgiveness a little bit. That was mm -hmm. one that was a person that was born definitely in a personal challenge. And uh, the blessed one was kind of hard um, because. Okay. That sounds Christ, weird. I, am I really am blessed, but I struggle with, you know, that entitlement thing. God, I'm a Christian. Okay. So why am I going through this hard thing? I still have that prayer fight with him. God, I've always been faithful. I've always tried to be faithful. Why are you letting me go through this? As if we're guaranteed not to have struggle as Christians. As far as I can tell, she just said in this world, you have trouble. So, <laughs> but that, mm. that feeling that, and again, that lie that comes in where the factual accuracy is I'm going through something difficult. I'm going through something that's on paper, unjust, and somehow thinking that I can't be blessed at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I don't want to give away the whole book. So mm -hmm. I'll choose a story I didn't put in the book. And that's a story of Joseph. <laughs> um, I think about that where there's two or three chapters that just talk about it. he was sold into slavery. Then he was, you know, Potiphar's wife was after him. So he was sexual harassment. First, probably first technical mm -hmm. case of it in the workplace. Then he was put mm -hmm. in a dungeon. Then he was left in a dungeon. And yeah. those chapters, I think something like eight or nine times as that was happening, right in the middle of it, it said, but the Lord God was with him. But the Lord God was with him. But the Lord mm -hmm. God was with him. And that's completely against the way we think about it sometimes. And I, and so as I read that again, that's freeing because it's like, I'm, I've never been in a dungeon. You know, I've right. never had to run away naked to keep someone from touching me. You know, I, I've never had to do mm -hmm. anything severe. Definitely never rotted in a dungeon. I, I mean, sibling rivalry a little bit, but I mean, I had it pretty easy. I was the youngest child. So I'm thinking all these horrible things that he went through and yeah, it ended up great, but that's not the point. The point isn't that you're going to yeah. end up ruling a nation. The point is even amidst all of that, he was blessed. And through that, God was working this amazing thing that pretty much saved the world at that point and preserved the seat yeah. of Christ Jesus for us. So wow. the blessing is in my life, but it's about more than me too. So sometimes I, I think about that, you know, anytime I have to say this to myself, cause I still struggle with, you know, bad attitudes and stuff, but anytime that you're faithful on earth and you suffer for that, you're just gaining interest. 
And yeah, part of me goes like, I'm torn, like, because part good. of me, okay, God, I don't mind if you pay me back a little more in this lifetime, but if I'm not, then I get it in eternity. So I get to, yeah. you know, and I, I, I believe that's a pretty clear God's economy. It happened with Job, you know, and have mm -hmm. the whole, uh, and Paul talked about his present sufferings and it compares to nothing. There's just nothing compared to what's going to happen in glory because of what I'm doing right now. Um, so blessing isn't things are easy right now. Blessing is God is with me. And I can take joy in that. Hmm. And so good. I'm helping. I'm part of this huge thing that could change lives. I have no idea how much one word said to one person, you know, I, so I might only sell, I don't know how many books I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna limit God, but I might not sell very many books. I might not make back how much it costs to make it, but what, who knows, maybe one person need to hear that one thing. And that one person gets saved mm. and we don't have any idea. We've no idea how much even one act of faithfulness means in God's economy. Wow. And that's a blessing. We just have to understand, again, the theomathy. This goes beyond my understanding, <laughs> but I know God's with me. Yeah. And that's amazing. And that redefines even our physical circumstances when we can think of it that way. Mm. That's a good word. Mm. I like what you said there. I don't know if this is exactly how you said it, but it's like the delayed answers are gaining interest. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's that's yeah. that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. You know, and and, and uh it's one of these these issues that I think it's it's kind of paradoxical in some ways mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, I, I believe that as God's sons and daughters, yes. you know, like we're co-heirs, joint yeah. heirs with Christ, all mm -hmm. of that. Like we're on the earth. We're in Christ. We get to experience his goodness and his presence and his power here on the earth. I very much believe that. And, um, I, you know, I, I I believe that we can expect and anticipate his goodness and breakthrough and good things and all that. And I think that we should contend for those things and stand for those things. I think we should have expectation for that. Yes. Um, but the other side of that too is, you know, when something doesn't work out the way that I wanted it to, I, it's, I don't have the right to hold God hostage to something that didn't go the way that I thought it should. At the end of the day, God doesn't owe me anything. Yes. He doesn't, he doesn't owe me an explanation. He doesn't owe me answered prayer. Like he doesn't owe me anything. He's given me so much more than I could ever possibly, like so much more than I deserve, like yes. understatement of the millennium, like so yes. much more than I deserve. And so, yeah, it's, it is kind of that tension between walking in faith and not becoming entitled, right. you know, and it's, it's like, you know, God, we're not supposed to be entitled sons and daughters, but at the same time, we are supposed to expect you know, good right. things from our heavenly father. Right. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Like he wants us to, to know him in that way. He wants right. us to know him, you know, like it, it would bother me. Um, there's a, there's a song and I, I don't want to, uh, I, I already, I already, I already dug a hole for myself. Um, <laughs> there's a, I, I don't want to throw a particular song or any, under the bus, but, but there's like this idea of like, uh, I've, I've heard this statement before. It's like, um, I don't, I don't need the, the healing. I just want the healer, like that yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I get the heart behind that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like the, when I get the healer, like when I get God, he, it's his desire to give me right. these, like right. it's, it's his desire to heal his sons and daughters. It's his desire that we walk in breakthrough and victory. Like it really is. He really wants 
good things for us. Right, right. And so I, I don't want to put God in a box to say, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it's helpful to to say, and I don't think it's humility to have a mindset that rejects the good things that he wants to give to us. Right, but at I the agree. same time, I don't want to... I don't want to have the mindset that says, if God doesn't do it the way that I wanted him to do it, then I'm losing faith right, and I'm losing right. confidence and I'm losing trust. And next time I'm not going to trust him again. I but agree. like, it's like, I could be so secure in his love and so confident in his faithfulness that even when I'm walking through something that's so intensely disappointing in my life, I can still say, God, I don't understand this, but but I'm yours and I'm walking with Absolutely. you. And this doesn't change the way that I think about you just because, you know, I didn't see the outcome that I wanted to. Right. Right. I absolutely agree. I, I agree with you about the pressing into God's promise to you just press in and you pray, you know, if you have, um, I, I think I can say this, my brother's wife passed away a little over a year ago and you better believe they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and fought it yeah. for two years. Yeah. Um, and they were, it was so beautiful when she finally, you know, they had a couple months left at the end where she said it's done. And there was still so much God is good. There was still so much this is temporary. That doesn't mean that they weren't going for the healing as long as they felt like they possibly could. Come on. Yeah. You know, and you, you go for that. And then if it doesn't, and she was healed because she's in heaven right now, even if God doesn't answer in the way that we expect him to, because we know if we pray according to God's will and God's will is healing, that's going to happen. Even if it doesn't come when or how we want, we still know that God's good. I mean, that's another thing I think I, your will be done is great. I, I'm not against that, but to say press in towards, I, I know this has to be a real God. I know this has to be a real God. I know that has to be a real God. Even if we don't get the answer we expect that, that isn't to say that there's not power in that prayer to give us an answer in a way that we didn't expect in a way that's more powerful mm -hmm. to draw our hearts, more God hearts towards God because God gives us what we need and not necessarily what we want. And he gives us what he thinks yeah. is right. Now we think is right, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much power in that. And I, I'm a hundred percent that, um, and it's like a yes. And it's, we're gonna, this was kind of the first book too. We're going to press into God for as much victory as we can have in a, um, manifested earthly way as possible. We're going to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God yes. tells us to do that. God tells us to do that. But we're not going to wait until we see all physical victory in order to live victorious. Victory is the, the entire journey. It's the entire journey. I'm not going to wait for the peace until all war ceases. I'm going to keep the peace now. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to wait yeah. for the blessing until the eat. If I'm waiting on this life, for it to be totally easy, I will never feel blessed. That's that's not, you know, there's going to wow. be, we're more than conquerors. Wow. We're not conquerors. We're, we're more than conquerors. That's that's another that's another truth. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just want to conquer, but we're more than conquerors because more no matter that. what Satan does to us, he cannot take God's love from us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you become impervious to his attacks yeah. when you really, truly accept the fact that, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm there. Not there. I'm not there. But, but, but just admit, like when you really accept the fact that you've already won the victory, like yeah. you're more than a conqueror because the victory has already been won. Like he already yeah. put the devil in his place. Yeah. He already did everything that he's going to do in his death and resurrection. Absolutely. Like he's, he's invited us into this rest with him. Yes. And so when we do that, like when we live from that mindset that everything is, the victory has already been won. So Whatever man tries to do to me, whatever the devil tries to throw at me, like if if that's really my mindset, 
Like nothing is ultimately going to be able to stick to me. It's like I, I think of what Jesus said when he's like, you know, the, the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Like he has nothing in me. He has nothing to like sink his talons into. He has nothing to hold on to in me because I'm so committed to my father that mm-hmm. that there's you know he's gonna he's gonna come he's gonna attack he's gonna do this he's gonna try yeah. to inspire fear he's gonna try to do all the stuff that he does but if I haven't given if I don't give him that place where I start partnering with those lies then ultimately like I'm like Teflon, just like nothing's gonna, (laughs) nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna stick to me because I'm just so just infatuated by who God is and living in the reality of what he's done. Amen. I think of, I'm sure this is imperfect, but I'm getting a picture of Satan as this annoying door to door salesman where he can, he can knock on my door and he can be loud and annoying and disruptive. And I don't have to open the door. I don't have to buy what right. he, I don't have to listen to what he has to say. I don't have to buy what he has to offer. Um, and ultimately he's going to have to go away. That doesn't mean he's not going to come back. You know, we're, we're going to have annoyances. We're going to have, I mean, Beelzebub, Lord of the flies, we're going to have buzzing, but we don't, we don't have to take it. You know, all he can really do is the only power Satan really has to annoy us is to annoy us. Everything else we give him. I was just hearing something about, I, I, I think this was, uh, I think this was a thing that Martin Luther said back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's like 1500. That's way back in the day, yeah, but way back there. <laughs> um, about how it's like before, before Christ, I used to open the door to sin, mm-hmm. but now in Christ, Jesus opens the door for me, something like that. That's completely butchered, but it's like, you know, um, he, he gets, the, he gets the, the, the idea is like, I'm standing in this place of security in him. He gets the door for me. Like he, I I'm, I'm relying on him to fight the battles for me. And it's not based on, you know, my abilities or my works yes. or, or anything like yeah. that. I, 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 but I'm sure that wasn't, someone's going to, someone's someone who's like a really good, like historian is going to listen to that and be like, no, it's way cooler the way Martin Luther said it. But anyway, so <laughs> um, yeah. 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 I'm very good um, at butchering stuff myself, <laughs> but no, it. but that, I, exactly. <laughs> I totally agree. And in, you said in Christ again, that thing in Christ keeps coming back up and that book in Christ, I read it after I wrote this. So it was like, Oh, Jesus was talking. <laughs> so, nice. um, yes. I was like, Woo-hoo! <laughs> so, I actually had forgotten. I, I kind of wrote this and put it aside for a year or two and then came back after I read the book and I'm like, Oh yeah. So God, God was talking and, yeah. yeah. So now I'm thinking of Satan as I'm living in a mansion and he can't even get inside the gates. He just keeps ringing the doorbell outside the gates. It's like, really? All He can lie to us and he can annoy us. And then we, everything else is what we let him do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's he can really hurt good. our flesh, but that's temporary. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I love it. Um. So on this book, and we'll, uh, I think I think Karen will will start wrapping up. I just I had a I had a question, just kind of something I'm curious about. As you're writing this book and you're going through these ten healing truths from God's Word, and and just just kind of for you personally as you're writing, um, was there anything that? Let me see if I can frame this question the right way. I know I know that for me, like what what will always inevitably happen when I'm writing something. You know, I'm trying to write based on something that maybe I've experienced or or maybe, you know, something that some kind of truth that God's given me some revelation on or whatever. But inevitably, as I'm writing from the mindset of, you know, I want to 
I want to write this thing so that I can put it out there. It'll be a blessing to other people. Inevitably, God starts to deal with my heart on issues <laughs> as I'm writing through it. And so I would just imagine like if I sat down to write about any one of these things, I was like, in Christ, I have freedom. OK, so I'm writing about that and I'm kind of writing from a place of, you know, revelation that I've had in that area or whatever. Uh, I would just imagine that God would start dealing with me even as I'm as I'm writing and maybe some some things would um, God would show me some things that I didn't know ab about or I had never thought of before. And it just did a desire to, you know, I'm writing these healing truths, but in the process, God is bringing more healing into my heart in areas Absolutely. that I didn't even know that were there. So just curious, like, was there anything as you were writing, uh, and you don't have to necessarily share like gory details or anything, but mm -hmm. was there anything that you could point to that you felt like God was kind of uncovering more of in you as you were, um, just kind of going through this process of obedience and writing this book? Uh, it was a little different for me as I wrote it. I believe it or not, it happened more as I was about to publish it. <laughs> a couple mm. weeks back, it all came back to me. Because the way I tend to write is I'm, it's always kind of a conviction thing. <laughs> like I'll read something yeah, from yeah, scripture yeah. and it'll strike me and convict me. And so it had these different blog posts. So the way I wrote it is I knew I wanted to write toward the, the truth thing came out. And, um, I, you know, I love truth. Again, my daughter's name is Truth in Greek. Yeah. Uh, and so I was actually going through old blog posts. So even as I was reading through the old blog posts, every time I read it, it's like, oh, yeah, I did say that. I need I need that. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it was happening little by little. But what really hit me was as I'm trying to get the publishing done and get this all everything uploaded and everything, I just felt this not peace. I, I was going to say profound sense. It was unprofound sense of unpeace. I just felt this mm. like something was weighing on me. I was, I was angry. I was, I was crazy. And I just kept hearing as I'm trying to strive and do, I hear God, God saying, reread your own book, read your own words, read your own words, you know, hold me. But God always makes me live it three or four times before I even tell somebody else, yeah. probably for humility so that it's not like, Hey, I've done this. So, but I did, I, I reread it and there were some, there were things and I wasn't even just one, probably every single thing as mm -hmm. I was the words that I had written a year before were at the end, you know, at the end there was this challenge that said, okay, so you're loved. What are you clinging to for your value? Yeah. And I, so I, and I was think about what you're clinging to for your value instead of being clinging, clinging to the love of God. I'm like, Oh, yep. There's one. <laughs> so, yep. so I'm redeemed. What are you complaining about right now that God wants to use in your life? And I'm like, oh, God got me there. It's like every single one, the very questions that I had, like God used my words against me. Every question I had to challenge somebody <laughs> else, I'm like, yep, got me there. And, you know, you're forgiven, but who are you holding out of judgment for? Mm. No, wait, no. Okay. Now I got it. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was, really and good. again, it was, I was way more freed at the end from the conviction. Um, but it was nuts because I was like, why would I ever I wrote it? Why would I need to read my own <laughs> book again? So I wrote it, then we went through editing, then I read it. And, nope, you got you gotta practice it. So you gotta practice yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just speaks to the fact that I, I really think that this is something that's for everybody, you know. Thank you. Um, just for because sure. these simple, these simple truths, like there's always more, you know, there's always yeah. more that God wants to reveal to you Absolutely. about how loved you are. You know, there's always more that God wants to reveal to you about, um, you know, how much hope he wants you to have. And, mm -hmm. and it's every, like, there's so much more, there's so yes. much more. And, yes. uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. So I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate how, um, how concise 
you know, you made everything and not like drawing things out, but just kind of enough to have that daily devotion and then to reflect and to, you know, go through the questions that you ask and to kind of reflect on things to see, okay, where am I in this really? And to open that door to allow the Holy Spirit to speak uh, individually to, you know, the person reading and to kind of, you know, walk through that, uh, you know, as well. So it's that it's a it's a process of allowing this truth to actually come in and to to wash me and to bring that healing into my heart and uh, just to be, you know, to kind of take that moment to be honest with myself about, you know, where I'm struggling in this area or what lies have I bought into in this area and then allow this truth to, you know, wash over me and bring that healing into my heart. So appreciate the way that you wrote it. And uh, I think that it's, again, I, I recommend it to anybody. So check it out, people. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me again. This is, it's always a lot of fun. It's always a nice conversation. Yeah, I've, I always enjoy talking to you, Karen. Um, before we go, uh, just kind of uh, point, just remind us where we can go to find uh, you, your content, your podcast, and sure. of course the the book, and uh, even you know the the other book that you that you wrote. Okay, awesome. Well, both books, um, Telling, uh, Ten Healing Truths from God's Word and An Anointed Mess, Discovering the Daily Adventure of Grace are available on Amazon. It's a one-click thing. Uh, I will say if you do the download for Ten Healing Truths, there's a free app, a Kindle download that you have to do as well. That's free. It'll only take uh, probably 30 seconds. Uh, everything else, it's pretty much all major retailers. That first book is is available through all of that all of my social media my blog my podcast everything is available at my website which i think you might have in your show notes which is karen marie pennington.com mm -hmm. my first my middle my last name um dot com and that'll get you everything it'll get you to all the different places you can order the books um beautiful we try to do i try to just add value more than anything so there's a lot of free content i do yeah. a lot of posts probably 12 to 15 posts a week on most social awesome. media outlets that's awesome. Love it. And uh, yeah, I would just I just want to add to that. Um, leave a review. Um, yes. Get the book, get the book and leave a review. So the book is still um, it's still 99 cents. Right. <laughs> uh, the Kindle version of the book is 99 cents. Have you um, do you plan on leaving it there? Or like for how long do you plan on leaving it there? You know, is it a limited time thing? I, um, I, I don't want to be dishonest, you know, <laughs> I would say yeah, you yeah. should get it right now, but I plan on leaving it there. I, I don't have any plans of changing it, changing it. Just I plan on leaving it there, period. There there could be, there's thoughts of maybe getting a broader book that's more days together at what point, what point I might take it down. But um, as much as I want to buy, be a best-selling million dollar author, my concern <laughs> is, you know, like everybody who writes a book, now, <laughs> my concern is more that people can read it and access it than anything else. So um, until God tells me otherwise, mm. so for the foreseeable future, it'll be 99 cents. Uh, my my plan at this point, Lord willing, is to continue writing books that are just little bite size. Yeah. Ten, you know, you can handle 99 cents. You can handle 10 days. You can handle two minutes a day. So let's just do it this way. Make it accessible. Um, the next one I plan to write that I'm kind of noodling over my head right now and outlining is more truth, greater freedom. So truth will still be the theme of that next so one. Good. So good. You're so cool. Thank, Thank you. you. So are you. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. 99 cents, people. It's definitely worth it. Uh, get the book, leave a review. That's super, super helpful. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, 
thanks everybody for taking the time to check out this episode. Appreciate you guys so, so much. Make sure you check out those uh, links for more of that content that uh, Karen mentioned a minute ago. The links will be in the show notes as well. And uh, just love you guys. Appreciate you so much. And uh, Karen, thank you again. You're awesome. Thank you. It was definitely and, uh, my pleasure. I, yeah. I received as much, probably much more than I gave. So thanks. Oh, me too. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. I, I felt, I felt like, um, yeah, I felt like we had church. I felt like it was Amen. just, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, there was a gathering. Two or three. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. Exactly. <laughs> Take care, Karen. Take care. God bless.